Good morning and welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. I'm Rabbi Stephen Garten. The Torah portion entitled Nitzavim, which is found in Deuteronomy 29.9 through Deuteronomy 30.20, comes in the cycle of Torah readings just before the Jewish New Year known as Rosh Hashanah and is particularly appropriate for the season of the Holy Days because it stresses the importance of repentance. The tone of the parasha is at once lofty and terrifying. It includes some of the most fundamental principles of Jewish faith. It begins with Moses' inspiring address to the entire people of Israel shortly before he is to die. I quote, you stand this day, atem nitzavim hayom, all of you before the eternal your God, your tribal heads, your elders, your officials, all the men of Israel, you children, you women, even the stranger within your camp, from the wood chopper to the water drawer. That is the way the parasha begins. And then it continues, no one anywhere in time or space is occluded from this message. For only three years later, it extends to the witnesses too, those who are standing here with us this day before the eternal our God, and those who are not with us here this day, which the rabbinic sage is understood as a reference to all future generations of Jew. Every Jew of every generation was witness to what was about to occur. And the parasha continues now in verses 11 and 12 to enter into the covenant of the eternal your God with the eternal your God is concluding with you this day with its sanctions in order to establish you this day as God's people and in order to be your God as promised you and as sworn to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the final statement about covenant in the Torah, the central element of the relationship between God and Israel. And then it follows a most terrifying part. It warns what will happen to those who backslide and fail to live up to the terms of the covenant. The parasha suggests the Eternal's anger and passion will rage against them till every sanction recorded in this book comes down upon them. And the Eternal blots out their name from under heaven. And later generations and foreigners who come from distant lands and see the plagues and diseases the Eternal has inflicted upon that land will ask, why did the Eternal do thus to this land? Why this awful wrath? The point of that passage seems clear. God redeemed the children of Israel from the horrors of ancient Egyptian slavery, cared for them throughout their sojourn in an inhospitable wilderness, and gave them a system of ethical and ritual laws to sustain them as a community in a difficult ancient world. God is about to lead them into a land of promise, 
But the situation is nevertheless fraught with danger from in, within and from without. It is essential that the community live according to the covenant established for them. Those who carry out the terms of the covenant will enjoy great bounty. But those who do not will be cursed with dreadful suffering. There can be no doubt that Jews throughout the centuries and millennium have disagreed over the meaning of the covenant and loss and have been in, that have been enumerated in the name of God and the people of Israel. But despite the many differences that have existed amongst Jews, they have already agreed on the need to be true to a notion of covenant. Even if the meaning differs between ages of Jews and Jewish communities. The Hebrew of the opening words of this parasha, Atem Nitzavim Hayom, can mean you stand firm this day. And the Midrash, known as Tanhuma, asks, What does the Jewish people stand firm about? And it answers, the Jewish people stand firm when they will be united, as it says in an earlier section of Deuteronomy, those who hold fast to the eternal your God are alive today. Jewish unity means different things to different people. Some demand unity and practice according to their particular interpretations of Jewish tradition, Others demand political unity according to their particular opinions over issues confronting the state of Israel. But regardless of how we understand Jewish unity, chatting about and discussing words of Torah unify us even if the answers don't. With, this, with me this morning to discuss Parashat Nitzavim is Rabbi Mendel Bloom, the spiritual leader of the Ottawa Torah Center. Rabbi Bloom, welcome to Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts. Thank you. I'm wondering if we could begin our conversation this morning with a question of um, why Parashat Nitzavim um, falls so close to Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and not simply to answer it by saying that's the way it falls in the cycle, but as you would interpret it to your congregation and for your own sense of learning, what's the connection between our parsha and Rosh Hashanah in the season of uh, the Days of Awe? Okay, great question. So I'll answer the question on two camps. On a, on a simple level, uh, this, this particular Torah portion is really taking place on the last day of the life of Moses when he gathers together every member of the Jewish people, um, as is enumerated in the next few verses, from the most exalted to the, uh, to the lowliest, old and young men and women, and this is the time when he initiates them once again um, into the covenant of God, into the covenant with God. Um, 
so on a simple level, I mean, this is uh, this is a new year coming, the days of awe, the days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, uh, is a time for the Jewish people to think about uh, how, are, how are they nurturing their relationship with God, and how are they doing with this covenant, which is interesting because uh, a few verses into this uh, Parsha, Moses says very clearly that this is a covenant that God made with the people, with those that are here and with those that are not here, uh, which means that there was a covenant that what he's, what he's trying to say is that it's a covenant that is binding even with uh, unborn generations who were not present at the time. Um, and that is because, you know, parents and children are like, uh, are like a tree and branches, and so this covenant that God made with that particular generation that received the Torah that was in the desert, uh, that particular generation will pass it on to their children. And this is a time when we, many generations later, sit back before Rosh Hashanah and take a little bit of uh, a soul accounting. And uh, we do a little bit of introspection to figure out how am I doing with my um, obligation and my commitments to this. So on, a, on the, what is often called the Peshat level, the literal level, um, the Torah portion begins by saying all the community will come together, multiple right. generations. Uh, certainly that is a uh, representative picture of what will happen at Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur throughout the world. Jewish families will come together in uh, formal synagogues and minyanim and uh, informal worship settings, um, in a sense to uh, act out the call of Nitzavim, Tim, you all stand here together. Um, right. And the hope is that they too, like the Israelites, will have accepted the challenge to do some cheshbon nefesh, some consideration and accounting of their soul before they come together. Um, and that's a beautiful understanding of it. But you said there were two understandings. Yeah, on a, on a little bit of a deeper level, and that comes from the Baal Shem Tov, who was the founder of the Hasidic movement. Uh, he explained this verse by pointing out that the word nitzavim doesn't simply mean standing. Like in Hebrew, to say standing is omdim, omed, is somebody who's standing. Nitzavim is strongly planted on the ground. That means there's a certain uh, strength to that stand. And what he explained is that uh, when it comes to Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah, uh, and we are already into that mode of, of preparation, God says, you are standing strong, and you are guaranteed that you are going to be blessed with a year that is sweet, that a year that is blessed. And that is because you're standing with the entire community together. Once again, if we look at those verses, Moses enumerates ten different categories of people, starting from the leaders down to the, the water carrier. Right. For those who are following along at home, this is Deuteronomy 29, verses 9 through 14 that Rabbi Bloom is referring to. Ten categories right. of um, 
categories of individuals, um, which he will go on to tell you, I'm sure not all of them um, seem to fit within the normative uh, categorization of uh, covenantal commitment. Well, I think that that is the beauty of that covenant, is that it was a covenant that was made with every single Jew, regardless of their uh, status and, and, and what category they fit in. And to go back to what the Baal Shem Tov was teaching, is that the, these few verses really speak to the concept of what we call in Hebrew, arvut, which means responsibility the responsibility that one has uh, over another, for another. Um, and what God is saying, Atem Nitzavim, you are standing strong. You have a, a certain, it's like the person who walks into court and is already confident that they have the verdict, you know, the way they want it, because you are all standing together. There's that sense of unity. There's a sense of responsibility under which every Jew is, is obligated to help others, uh, and and that strength of unity, as they say, when we're together, we're stronger, is what gives us that strength to enter the year uh, on the right foot. So um, we've begun by looking at some of the first verses, and I want to ask you, how, since you've raised the point so beautifully in the words of the Baal Shem Tov, but the literal text seems to offer... Um, kind of a challenge when it says, so all the men of Israel, you children, your women, and then it goes on to say, even the stranger within your camp from water chopper to water drawer. Doesn't say even, just a okay, correction. Okay, so it, let's say, the and, and the stranger within your camp. Right. So how would how do you understand the uh, phrase "stranger within your camp"? So here in that in that particular context, uh, "gercha" really means the proselyte. Aha. That means the converts uh, within your midst, and that means somebody who has chosen to enter that covenant. So it doesn't mean stranger in this terms of a, a foreigner, but more of somebody who was not born Jewish and chose uh, by way of conversion to uh, take on that cover. That cover. So even though often um, the Torah seems to refer to the stranger in your midst as um, someone who may not be um, converted more in the sense of Ger Toshav, the stranger who resides right. among you, because this is a covenantal conversation, you understand it as including the uh, person who has already found the path to covenant from that a beginning correct. that didn't include covenant and the phraseology then of woodchopper and water drawers to simply suggest from the highest ranking people to those um, who are uh, working class folks. Correct. But that is, uh, if I can add another beautiful thing that the Baal Shem Tov taught about this, is that, you know, when you talk about responsibility or guarantee, you know, there is a Hebrew saying, 
כל ישראל ערבים זה בזה. Every Jew is a guarantor for the other. And the question is often asked, you know, if we want to take it to, uh, let's use a, a financial example, um, we could understand how the wealthy could be a guarantor for the less wealthy who is trying to get a loan. But how could you say that the poor person uh, could be a guarantor for the wealthy person? Uh, that's just using a, an example of finances, but you, you could use the same example for, for any other, uh, other notion. Uh, but the, what the Baal Shem Tov taught is that the Jewish nation is to be viewed as one organism, like one body. And just as in the body there is a head, and then you have the feet, and each limb and each part of the body has a specific function, Um, each one brings something to the table. The head may be the part that thinks, but without the feet, the head is not able to accomplish many things because it can't get there. And so we have to view the entire nation uh, as each one has inherent and unique value uh, that they contribute to the organism as a whole And therefore, here, when we're standing all together, it's very important to enumerate all the individuals, regardless of who they are, because each one of them has inherent value and is entered in that covenant. So you and the Baal Shem Tov have lovingly talked about community, but I want to refer to uh, 2917. Um, I'll read it out loud for our listeners, and you may have a copy of the Chumash in front of you. Pen yesh vachem ish or isha or mishpacha or shevet asher levavo ponehayom meim Adonai Eloheinu lelechet avot et Elohe hagoyim hahem. Pen yoshev vachem sera pora rosh leelana. Lest there be among you a man or a woman or a family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to serve the gods of those nations. Lest there be among you a root that beareth gall and as it uh, is often translates uh, wormwood. And it shall come to pass when he hear the words of this curse that he bless himself in his heart saying I shall have peace though I walk in the stubbornness of my heart that the watered be swept away from the dry now uh, we could argue about some of the translation and you know that but here it seems in the same parasha that is talking about unity and uh, lovingly speaks about the Jewish people standing together The Torah portion introduces the notion that there will be people who will be standing apart and that wow. they know intellectually that they may be included, but their faith no longer, what, binds them together to the people? Uh, what is the Torah portion referring to here? Right. So let's remember, this is, this is Moses trying to initiate everybody into the covenant and really uh, give them a warning against um, the, the aspect of human behavior that we are tempted by, uh, by other things and we are curious and we want to experience other things. 
And um, Moses is sending a nation now going into uh, Canaan, to Israel, um, and they will encounter all kinds of, uh, all types of worship. So as he is inducting everybody into that uh, covenant, he also reminds them uh, that, he, first of all, if you, if you go back two verses before, he reminds them what kind of worship they've seen in Egypt. Uh, and then he warns them that they'll be encountered, they're, they're going to encounter similar types of worship. And yes, some people would stray away, um, but that doesn't make them not part of the community. Uh, you know, another idea that we have later in the Parsha is the idea of freedom of choice. Um, this covenant is really um, what Moses is trying to ensure that they will remember his words of wisdom and not stray away. So in the context of our 21st century Jewish community, um, mm-hmm. there are people who feel the covenant as it's been passed down through the generations, and there are certainly people who are ambiguous, ambivalent about the covenant, um, and there are certainly people who are, um, on the surface, rejecting it, of it. All three groups um, exist uh, simultaneously within the big tent known as the Jewish world and the Jewish people. Um, And what is your message to the people who are ambivalent about this covenant? Because Moses seems, on one hand, be talking to those who are committed, and another hand, those who are um, um, turned away the text seems to say, but there is that larger group that's ambivalent, I think. And what's your, what message do you take from this Torah portion? So, so the message that I take is that, um, number one, um, to, to paraphrase what, what Moses is saying, uh, we're all part of that family, Right. Uh, we're all part of that family, and, and if somebody is ambivalent uh, about the covenantal portion of it, um, and this is where my second point comes in, I find that a lot of the time is, um, is, is uh, a lack of knowledge or education or exposure or experience. And what I always tell people is, which is interesting because this is the time of year where even people who are ambivalent about the covenant, they will show up at Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. There seems to be something tugging at their Jewish soul that brings them out, that uh, brings them into uh, synagogues. This is the, uh, the, the day of the year where the synagogues and temples are, are full because there is something metaphysical. There is something that the soul feels. The soul, and, and if I want to put it in modern terms, you know, this, this Jewish DNA that binds us all together, uh, going back to this particular covenant that we're discussing today, uh, is very powerful and pulls people to synagogues when it comes this time of year. They don't even know why they're there. And so if the experience could be an inspirational one, and one that will become a stepping stone to uh, 
exploring more, learning more, asking more questions with an open mind, um, people come to discover and to understand what this covenant is all about. So it sounds like you're suggesting the perfect sermon for these uh, holy days is not one about politics, but one which um, opens up, um, takes advantage of the open heart and the open soul to teach the real depth of the message of covenant. A hundred percent. Now, when we were chatting before we went on the air, I asked you what uh, some of your favorite uh, pesukim, favorite verses were, and you chose... In a sense, you chose the last verses or the later verses of the parasha, chapter 30, verse 14 and 15. And so in the few minutes that's left to us to chat about it, I'm wondering if you want to uh, tell our listeners why these verses um, are so meaningful to you. Um, 30, 14 um, reads in English as follows. Um, well, we'll go beyond, we'll go to 13. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us and make us to hear it that we may do it. But the word is very near to us in our mouths and in our hearts that thou mayest do it. Uh, and then, of course, the next verse 15 uh, reads, uh, See, I have set before this day uh, life and good and death and evil. Um, and then we could read the rest of the parasha, but what struck you about those uh, verses that they immediately came to mind when I asked you about, to think about your favorite verses in this week's parasha? So verse 14 is, is very close, uh, very close to me, very close to my heart, because what, uh, what this verse is basically saying is that it's, it's accessible to each one of us to be inspired by the covenant and to be inspired by the covenant in a way that it affects our behavior in our mouth, in the way we speak, in the way we think, in the way we feel, and in the way we act. And the way that it is close is that if we just take the time to study, to understand, to contemplate, to tackle some of the issues and, and, and really with an open mind try to understand, um, there is something automatic that if we could connect intellectually with something um, on a very deep level, it arouses an emotion that uh, hopefully will compel one to uh, behave according to those feelings. And so what Moses is trying to tell the people, it's very close to you. In other words, it, it, it's accessible. It's you not know, far away from you. It, that's right. It's not far away from you. It's, it's, um, it, it's really something you could achieve if you put your mind to it. He's, and he spells it out. He says, you don't have to cross over the sea, and you don't have to, to go to the heavens uh, to find it. Uh, God wants us to be good people and to express the covenant we have with him in every day-to-day life that, uh, that we do. I'm going to have to leave it there um, because you have given us a lot to think about. For our listeners who are going to uh, the Holy Day services for Rosh Hashanah and then Yom Kippur, it's a message to take with them. 
for our listeners who are not of the people of the covenant, you have a little insight to the power of the holy days that the Jewish community will be experiencing. I want to thank uh, Rabbi Mendel Bloom of the Ottawa Torah Center for sharing his wisdom with us this morning. For Jewish Faith and Jewish Facts, this is Rabbi Stephen Garten. You can hear an I, a podcast of this on iTunes or on the chri.ca website. Shalom and have a good day. Behold.